Hello, Faith Family Church. Us ladies are so excited to be back together, first of all, but we're also excited to just talk about the wonderful sermon that we just heard. Just to remind everybody, my name is Sarah Sheeran, and the man you just heard preach was my husband, Kyle. We have Dee Larry and Mary Shepherd here again with us, so we're just going to kind of walk through the sermon together mm-hmm. and um, share what we've learned and uh, what we enjoyed from it. So first, we got to talk about dreams. Mm-hmm. We had a man talking about dreams, and so I feel like women, we can have a little more um, emotional, maybe crazier dreams because right. of the amount of hormones we have. <laughs> so do you ladies have like a really good dream that you'd like to share with us? You want to go ahead? Oh, yeah. So okay. a week ago, after Kyle announced that we were going to be doing this panel, the entire night, my dream was me sitting here speaking nonsense, <laughs> battling away and trying to get words out that wouldn't come. So it, it was a rough night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a really rough night. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the dreams that has stuck with me all throughout, I had it in high school, I was in the middle of the ocean on probably about 2,000 mattresses stacked up, and there was a shark, and the oh, shark kept man. jumping up and like barely missing me with his teeth while I'm at this, on top of this pile of mattresses, and right when he like is about to grab me, I wake up and I'm like, oh, it's one mattress and a box spring. Thank you, Jesus. That's funny, because I... Other than the ones Kyle mentioned in a sermon, I did have a reoccurring shark nightmare. But I'm in a glass bottom boat, and a shark just bites through the boat, and then I wake up. And I've always been scared of sharks because of that. And I don't know why. I grew up on the Great Lakes. I I never was a (laughs) shark. I don't know. You have realistic dreams. I do. Yeah. I do. The recurring waitressing dreams. That was the worst. Because you work a double shift in the restaurant, go home and work all night. Right. And only you get like 50 cent tips. Instead yeah. Of a decent <laughs> tip and it's just, you wake up just cheated and tired. Right. Yeah. That is so funny. Yeah. I was interested. It was so interesting to like hear some people have like dogs flying. Yeah. And I, know. I was like, man, I wish... I had cool dreams like that. Mine are yeah. pretty mundane. Mine too. Yeah. Pretty realistic ones that are not, not so great. Yeah. 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 That's funny. Well, let's go ahead and jump into the sermon. So what stood out to you about the expositional part of the sermon? Everything. Yeah. yeah. Everything. That's the easiest answer. <laughs> Everything. There, there's so much in there. It's really hard. That's one of the things I love about her pastors here. They're yeah. very diligent about mining a lot of truth yes. Oh yeah. every passage, and so I had to um, dial it back Yeah. and, and just choose a couple, but right. do you want to start? Do you want me to? Yeah, you can go ahead and yeah. start. Well, the first, um, the first thing that really stood out to me was about the, the dream of the tree. Yeah. Because when I read the chapter in preparation for the sermon right i didn't it didn't seem that remarkable because there's trees all the way through the right planet. there's imagery and parables mm-hmm. of trees and so many scenes that take place under trees and on mm-hmm. trees and around trees and um kyle did such a good job of following that thread mm-hmm. from the creation mm-hmm. tree through nebuchadnezzar's tree to the gospel tree so i really appreciated that right. but um what i didn't know was about Nebuchadnezzar's obsession with the trees right. and the power of that was trees and how he made the stone carvings of himself cutting right. down trees. And yeah. 
you know, putting the inscriptions up everywhere where he's the great tree. And so it kind of gave the passage that whole new meaning and dimension. Of right. All his ideas of, or his idols, I guess, of self and yes. power and his kingdom are all wrapped up in this image to the point that the language of the passage is when you cut down the tree, you cut down yeah. the man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I started to kind of think about <clears throat> how dangerous it is when we identify with things that aren't God. Yes. Oh, yeah. Way. And I really loved, I wrote it down how Kyle said he was like a little creature from the dirt bragging about his oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because God can take all of that away. Oh, in yeah. A second. Mm -hmm. All the things that we have. And it's but I was just thinking about how God is the only permanent thing that there is. And so when we spend time identifying ourselves or creating ourselves or mm -hmm. yes. trying to find ourselves and all the things that aren't God, it's a really foolish pursuit. Right, it is. And it's just great that, like, through this passage, he talks about God's sovereignty. Like, God mm -hmm. exalts itself. We continue to be his enemies. We continue to run. We continue to deny him. And yet you see grace like etched through this, that God is revealing himself in such a way to this the most powerful man at this time mm -hmm. that he's so affected that he goes on to reveal God to the yeah. different people that he sends his letter out. Like God is always so faithful to himself and showcasing himself to us. And it's like, why? Mm -hmm. We we're counted as can we're counted as nothing as yeah. Nebuchadnezzar uh it states, and yet he still showcases himself and wants to exalt himself to us. Mm -hmm. Like that is just amazing. Yeah. And it's so much better. Like I was thinking about all I'm so embarrassed by the things that I used to identify myself oh, yeah. with before mm -hmm. I got saved. And now I have God. Yeah. And like why I ever wasted all that time doing all those other things. Yeah. And he is having that greatness and that majesty and that oh. pursuit in life that is so much more hmm. so much more yeah it's so much more. everything more. i thought it was yeah. really <laughs> sweet how god gave him a chance another yeah. chance yeah. like kyle was saying in the sermon like daniel one he gave him a chance mm -hmm. daniel two he gave him a chance and nebuchadnezzar repents but not actual right. repentance just right. tries to maybe get, gain another god or mm -hmm. somehow gain more support for himself but god could have just struck him dead here right. and instead god was like okay i'm i'm not just going to strike you dead right and i'm going to give you this chance mm -hmm. i'm going to humble you in the process it may not be a fun process right yeah. but i'm so loving and mm -hmm. so kind of a father that i will extend my grace again Oh yeah. And I will let you see me. Yeah. For who I am and mm -hmm. see you for who you yeah. are. Mm -hmm. And um I just thought it was so sweet of God yeah. to give it him is. another another shot. That actually touches on another aspect of the sermon that I was thinking about because I remember about probably 35 years ago when I was a tiny right. little kid being absolutely terrified of the sermon of um, the part where Nebuchadnezzar is humbled right. and him like rolling around in the field and eating grass and yes. stuff, right. crazy, yeah. crazy nails. And I was so scared of that. Right. And I think probably, I probably had like a fairy tale understanding of what Kings oh, were. Yeah. Right. And I didn't know Nebuchadnezzar's character mm -hmm. as a person. And I'd been presented with that very loving God, but there was that dichotomy there that I just couldn't understand because right. how can this happen to this mm -hmm. man if God is so loving yes. right now? Yeah, what you, you were it. just talking about when you hear it preached in its proper context, right. and everything is coming together. You understand that God's love requires Him to go to those lengths if that's what it takes to get people to oh, yeah. and yes. come to Him. That actually is the most loving thing 
yes. that he could do. Oh, yeah. And what a neat thing to have Nebuchadnezzar's words. Yes. <laughs> when Kyle pointed that out, I was like, oh, I never thought about it. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you have, like, Nebuchadnezzar just in here mm-hmm. writing writing some some real-life stuff for you right. to understand. Yeah. And I thought, how neat is that? There's not too many times in the prophets where right. you get to hear a snippet of somebody's like, yeah, God turned me into an ox or, or right. whatever animal right. he turned you right. into. Like, that's that's amazing that God gave us that that um, look, that opportunity to see it from Nebuchadnezzar's mm-hmm. eyes, mm-hmm. not just another story for oh, him yeah. to say, yeah, God made me an animal. Yeah. And then when I saw him for who he was, he brought me back. And yeah. I just thought, wow, what a neat opportunity. I love the Bible so much, but the, God is just so good to give us um, a, his word that is so powerful and mm-hmm. can hit every single person and every single different yeah. personality. Oh, yeah. And I just thought that was a neat, neat little thing that I don't think... I had really heard before. I'd heard this story as a child mm-hmm. many times right. and read about it, and and then so it was really neat. I I grew up in a um, more guilt-driven thing, and mm-hmm. the Old Testament was very moralistic. So yes. this was a it was just kind of a story. I don't know if I had ever really been able to apply it. I yeah. think that's where I was at too. In that terror, if you don't yes. do the right thing, right, this yeah. you turn into an ox. Don't be like Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> make you eat grass. <laughs> So now that we've talked kind of about this, obviously the dream is long, and I was really grateful to Kyle for not like trying to turn the dream into something oh, yes. it never was, as right. we often hear pastors do. Mm-hmm. Um, this, if you have a dream like this, God is trying to tell you. Yeah. That, you know, I. But it's a, it was a long dream, mm-hmm. and um, it was neat also to see how Daniel was not condemning Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In that way, what a testimony of God's grace in Daniel's life. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. To change him, to make him love those people. Oh, yeah. I had the same, same thought. Yeah. It was just, I didn't think yeah. about it like that either. Right. I thought, well, maybe the Bible's just not saying a whole lot. But for Daniel to mm-hmm. think, oh, no, yeah. he's going to. Yeah. He's gonna start feeling the, a little bit of the wrath of God, just yeah, to touch. yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, I thought that was really neat because when I again when I initially read the chapter, I thought that it was like in line with um, God raising up kings and kingdoms because mm-hmm. you see that happen almost yes. in every chapter that Daniel right. was talking about that. But there was something a little more profound about that, and that's how God moves the hearts of men, yeah, mm-hmm. to accomplish that, which is you were just talking about yes. the first one, Daniel's heart towards Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. After yeah. all the things that you said, like being dragged off in exile and who knows what happened to his Castrate, family and yeah. temple destruction mm-hmm. and castration and, mm-hmm. you know, his friends being thrown in the furnace and all this stuff. And yet somehow God gave him that affection right. for the king. Like that is not me. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it will be someday because God commands us to love our enemies. Right. And this is proof that that actually is mm-hmm. possible to mm-hmm. some degree, which is encouraging. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. And then the second one would be like the nation's heart towards Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. Yes. You watch your king grumbling around right. for however long. Yeah. It, like, that is yeah. that's a crazy. beast as a yeah. human being. And like, then how Kyle hey, brought it forward. Yeah, let's yeah. bring back his 
Yeah. Just ruling over everybody. Yeah, let's give him yeah, back. Yeah, back. Sounds like a great idea. Yeah. That's when I was like, oh, you know, like there's a, there's a theme to this chapter that I did not pick yeah. up on because then obviously the most significant one is Nebuchadnezzar's heart towards God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You take this polytheistic, blaspheming mm-hmm. idolater, mm-hmm. and in the end, you have this eyewitness. Right. Yes. Or personal testimony. It's not even right. a witness. It's like from his very heart that he is yeah. now worshiping right. the one true God. Oh, yeah. Like to see God can just do that with people's hearts. And, it is. Yeah. It's amazing to yeah. see him be humble to th- and to have this king, this powerful man, white to everyone, wants to get this out that, and, and he's describing himself, um, minimizing himself and exalting yeah. God. That would not, they would not do that. They right. would not put out... Uh, a newsletter talking about like I've been humbled. I was eating grass. I was yeah. all just going on <laughs> to nations. all the nations. Yeah. I'm like, what a change! Change, yeah. 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 Only she by divine power. Yeah. And I think it's neat God using His creation, yes, to remind Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. I'll just. You think you're something special, but I'll just make you like an ox because yeah. even I, I created even the ox or mm-hmm. the donkeys yeah. or the beasts of the field. And just a reminder, like that grass you're eating is still from the creator, yes. mm-hmm. the creator of all. Yep. And so it's crazy. It's a crazy story. It, I yeah, just, it is. <laughs> I just read a couple of weeks ago in my daily devotions, um, the donkey talking back to Balaam. Oh, yeah, Balaam you know? and the donkey. And it's just amazing how the Lord will use his creation mm-hmm. to remind us yeah. of his power right. and of his glory. Yeah. That's really, that's really crazy. So what, what do you think when Daniel moved from prophecy to preaching? I thought that was a neat thing for Kyle to say as well. When all of a sudden he's like, Hey King, if you, if you do this, yeah, you know, right. maybe you won't, you won't have to experience this the same way. Yeah. Oh Yeah. I thought There's that a, was really neat. Yes. It was very gentle. Very yeah, loving. very yes. very loving. <laughs> yes. I, and he also, he could have felt bad, but he didn't have to say anything else. No. Yeah. You know? Right. We, we know from scripture he was dismayed and alarmed. Mm-hmm. But then for him to be like, hey. Yeah. You know, Nebuchadnezzar could have killed him for even oh, yeah. saying anything else. Yes. Oh, yeah. Know, yeah. After he gave him this horrible Thing that's going to yeah, happen. Yeah. Here's your bad news. Yeah. Good Nebuchadnezzar could have said, well, I'm not listening to anything you're saying anymore. Right. But Daniel was like, I'm just going to take this opportunity to, mm-hmm. again, yeah. give you the gospel. Yeah, to give you the gospel. Yeah. All right. Well, what about the applications? Was there something that you were like, wow, I can really apply this to my life? Something that really stuck out to you in the sermon? I'm letting Mary go. Mary has a whole list of notes. So I'm just piggybacking off of whatever she has on those notes. Well, it was kind of funny. Um, I have such a bad habit of reading accounts like this mm-hmm. and thinking, like, what is wrong with this guy? Yes. Ooh. Okay? Because I'm looking at, like, he had visions and dreams from God. He's got a prophet in his house mm-hmm. and clear distinctions between right. his diviners and Daniel, Mm -hmm, and where that true knowledge is coming from, and who has it, and that kind and gentle and loving exhortation to repent, and then God still gives them like 12 months Right. But he doesn't, and he's driven Mm -hmm. off into the fields to live as this beast. But then there's um, an appointed time when God restores 
his reason to him. Mm-hmm. And so I'll look at that and be like, I would have got it in the beginning. If I had a dream or a vision from God, <laughs> like, I could be it. good. I would I not have known. to go into all of that. <laughs> right. And then I'm like, back up. Yeah. Because if I look and I survey the providence and the patience of God mm-hmm. in my life, like I grew up in a Christian home. I had some Christian schooling when I was a kid. I got to go to vacation Bible school and different programs mm-hmm. like that. I mean, there was safety and protection from God right. in the darkest hours mm-hmm. of my sinful pursuits. I mean, 32 years right. of sin and rebellion and rejection of God. But there was an appointed day for mm-hmm. me, too. Mm-hmm. And it was February 27th, 2011. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that this is so... This this is what really right. struck me when we were talking about sort of the gospel application of it because I was reading Jude. Mm-hmm. If you heard my testimony, um, you probably remember that. But that Jude uses language for men who revile God. He calls them unreasoning beasts. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. And I've never forgotten that because yeah. it's not a nice thing to read about, yes. yourself, about yourself at all. Yeah. And um, it kind of reminded so Kyle. I was writing it down when he said it again about how he bends our stiff necks and pushes mm. our face down to the ground because that's where streams of life are flowing. Like that's mm. what that was to yeah. read that. And um, but God didn't send me to the fields to live with bees, and right. He didn't send me to homelessness and my addiction. He didn't send me to prison right. mm. for my crime. You know, instead He graciously mm. showed me Jesus oh, yeah. crucified on the cross on the tree. With my beastly nature, mm-hmm. he carried it there. Oh, yeah. And so when I start thinking that I'm smarter or I'm better than people like Nebuchadnezzar, mm. <laughs> I mean, it took an innocent man murdered for my sin right. to get my attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, hitting off what you said, talking about God's patience, I believe it's in Second Peter chapter 3 where it talks about God being so patient, we count his count him as being slow, but it's not slowness, yeah. mm-hmm. but that he desires for all of us to come to repentance. And mm-hmm. we think and we identify with Nebuchadnezzar and we think about all the people we hurt along the lines, all the wrongs we do, all the ways we are offensive to this holy, perfect, yeah. just God. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm holding it off. Yeah. I'm waiting for that person. Mm-hmm. I want them. I stretch my body on the cross for that person mm-hmm. and I'm giving them time. I'm yeah. going to be slow according to some so, so that I can be one day exalted and praised and glorified by this person. Mm-hmm. That this person will be called my child, my friend, my slave, these beautiful, wonderful titles we gain because yes. of God's patience yes. with us. That's the other thing that I was thinking about. Like Nebuchadnezzar just got back his kingdom, the one that he had worked for. Okay. Yeah. I got a kingdom. Oh, eternal. <laughs> yes. Heavenly, uncorrupted, undefiled kingdom that I could not possibly have earned. Had oh, I no. A lifetime. Oh, no. Like to me, that what you were just oh, saying yeah. reminded me that that was a thought in my head. Like that's how good God That's how good. And that's just a glimpse of God restoring Nebuchadnezzar. It's just a foretaste of our final restoration. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible, Jesus talks about us being conquerors and reigning with him. Like, why? Yeah. Me? (laughs) Your enemy? A child of wrath? Me? Are you sure? You won't? 
You sure you want me up there? I say that all the time. I never would have picked me for my own team. Oh my God, I would have picked me. Y'all are so funny. It's so sweet. I loved um, when Kyle was talking about the applications about how sovereignty will eventually, it will equal evangelism. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you know God and know what he did for mm-hmm. you, yep. it will make you excited mm-hmm. and happy, and it yep. will be a natural occurrence to simply share that oh, yeah. with the rest of the world. Absolutely. It will just naturally come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't hold it in. You're not burning yeah. in your bones. You're not <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't need a requirement yeah. to go fulfill a certain amount of hours a week knocking mm-hmm. on a door or someone guilt-tripping you into, mm-hmm. did you give a gospel yeah. right. tract out this week? That none of that matters yeah. anymore. When you have a proper view of who God is, and a, then you have a proper view of who you are, yes. mm-hmm. it is just a natural outpouring. Mm-hmm. I and I think we can all look back and say there were times when I wasn't strong in that area, and maybe that's because I just did not have a proper view of God. Mm-hmm. And so to be reminded... We talked about Nebuchadnezzar writing a letter to the nations mm-hmm. because of why wouldn't he? Right. He just saw this right. amazing father. Then why wouldn't you tell the mm-hmm. nations if yeah. you had that opportunity? Mm-hmm. So if you're struggling with that, mm-hmm. if it's becoming this internal wrestling thing, like I'm so shy or yeah. I get ner- all of that will go away mm-hmm. when you start to see the sovereignty of God. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean... <laughs> You'll yeah. all of a sudden be eloquent or right. anything yeah. like that. Right. But it will yeah. just, it will come out in a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You cannot hold that in. Oh, no. When you know that father, you can't hold it in. Like when someone's in love with somebody, it's obvious. All the time you talk about what you love. Oh, yeah. Yes. What's mm-hmm. coming out of your The mouth. latest, mm-hmm. whatever, trend that you like or a person that you're in love with, whatever. It's just a natural occurrence mm-hmm. and that's what evangelism is when you have that proper view oh yeah oh yeah i was thinking about it from a slightly different perspective because mm-hmm. i thought that that was such an interesting application um for this chapter and but how tightly connected they are because daniel was with nebuchadnezzar for 37 years mm-hmm. and we have a couple couple accounts here where he told him who the true God is mm-hmm. and, you know, asked him to repent. So I'm sure there were many more. I mean, 37 oh, yeah. years he was a witness to God and Nebuchadnezzar never repented. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like what Kyle pointed out, he was still worshiping Bell at the mm-hmm. beginning of this yeah. story. And so he didn't repent until God came and did the thing. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I'm thinking about, like, I'd give up on people after 37 days. <laughs> right? Seven minutes. I've not even been a Christian for 37 years, so I can't speak to that. But what, right. this is what I know is that I wouldn't evangelize if I didn't know that God had appointed times for people to come to him. Mm-hmm. That it can take 37 years, but there will be some fruit. Yes. And so knowing that God is sovereign over Mm -hmm. that in itself Mm -hmm. is such an encouraging factor when I'm evangelizing. Oh, yes. And that God has to do that. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't matter how many times we say it. Right. I hold no power over someone's life. Right. Exactly. So even if I know there's people who, you know, have been pushy with. Mm-hmm. Giving the gospel, yeah. or I've given the gospel 87 times. Well, it doesn't matter what you're right. doing. Right. right. It's a God thing. It's God's going mm-hmm. to do that. It has God to be. does the thing. And that's what we <laughs> yes. see, like with uh, Nebuchadnezzar and his repentance. This is God intervening. Yeah. yeah. 
in his life. You know, like you said, he had Daniel as a witness. What a great witness to have Daniel. Yeah. Um, but it's it takes just like it took for Christ to get on the cross. Anytime there's repentance, it's God yeah. done. It's mm-hmm. always God. We can't take any credit for it. I can't yes. I can't wait. I didn't wake up one day and was like, I'm pretty terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna run to Christ. It had to be going to run, you know, run to Christ, you know. Yeah. It, it doesn't happen. God has to do it. Yes. He, 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 he does it. And I'm so very and he thankful. He does it perfectly. Perfectly. <laughs> perfectly. Of time, he knows what gets our hearts. He yes. knows what gets our, our attention. He knows yeah. what's going to teach us about our his sovereignty, about our sinfulness. He knows the things, you know, and we just, he didn't tell us that, to go out and, and, and save people and, and win their hearts right. uh, mm-hmm. as, as, as if we could do it. He just says, go, go share the gospel. That's all we have to do. And we leave the rest in his powerful hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, as always, thank you ladies so much. So I always enjoy you. our time together. And we hope this will be some of the last panels that you have to mm-hmm. see for a while. Yeah. Right. And we hope that in just a few weeks that we can all be together again yeah. as a church family because we are missing it desperately. So Absolutely. So you all have a great Sunday. Thank you for listening to this resource of Faith Family Church. We gather on Sundays at 495 Hugh Hunter Road in Oak Grove, Kentucky, and are a short drive from Fort Campbell and Hopkinsville, Kentucky, as well as Clarksville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website, myfaithfamilychurch.com.